Welcome to the Tommy Lanham Podcast, where you will discover how to embrace your weird, organize your dreams, and ignite your enthusiasm. And now, here's Tommy. Ready? Here we go. I get excited anytime I get to come and just share God's Word. I'm a little bit like Johnny. It's always about Johnny, isn't it? (laughs) Johnny was in school on Friday afternoon, and the teacher got up before school was dismissed that day. And she said, now, students, if anything interesting happens this weekend, I want you to come prepared to tell us about it on Monday morning. Well, Monday morning rolled around, and Johnny was excited. I mean, he could not sit still. He could not wait to stand up and talk about his weekend. And the teacher noticed him and says, Johnny, looks like something interesting happened to you this weekend. Would you like to share it with us? He said, yes, ma'am, I would. He said, me and my daddy went fishing, and we both caught 75 catfish, and they all weighed 75 pounds. (laughs) And the teacher said, now, Johnny, you know that didn't really happen. He said, yes, ma'am, it did. He said, my daddy's a great fisherman. I'm even better than he is. We both caught 75 catfish, and they all weighed 75 pounds. And the teacher said, now, Johnny, what if I told you that on the way to school this morning, I was walking down the sidewalk, minding my own business, when all of a sudden, out from behind this tree, jumped this great big old grizzly bear. He reared up on his hind legs, and he was just about to devour me, when all of a sudden, this 10-pound yellow dog ran up, grabbed that bear by the throat, slung him to the ground, rolled him down the hill, and killed that bear. I said, Johnny, would you believe that? I said, yes, ma'am, I would. As a matter of fact, that was my dog. Well, I hope that I'm not so excited that I would stretch the truth, but I am excited about sharing with you the truth of God's Word this week. And listen, it's not about me. It's not even about you. It's about God and what He wants to do in us and through us. Here's the thing about God. God doesn't need us to serve His purposes. But He wants us to be a part of what He's doing in this world. He desires for us to be a part of what He's doing. Now, let me ask you this question. Is there something that you can specifically do over the course of the next four days? Is there something you could specifically do that would make your life worse? Is there? Well, let me ask the flip side of that. Is there something you could specifically do in the next four days that would make your life better? I'm getting mostly nods. (laughs) Let me tell you what you just said to me. You said that whether your life gets better or worse, it's up to you. I don't mean to be putting words in your mouth because that's not sanitary. But that's really what you're saying. It's not about what the economy's doing. It's not about the weather, it's not about who's in office or any of that stuff. It is up to us and the decisions that we make. But our theme for this, these few days that we have together is ignite your enthusiasm. Ignite your enthusiasm. Because I think there's just something about when we get fired up for the Lord that something just takes place that otherwise would not happen. I can remember when I was a little kid. We, 
When I was born, we lived up in northern Kentucky, up just south of Cincinnati. It was more of kind of an, an urban area up there. And my, my parents were from down in southeastern Kentucky in the London-Corbin area, if you're familiar at all with, with Kentucky. But they lived up there because my dad worked for the railroad. And they were talking about moving back down to the London-Corbin area. But they hadn't really made a decision yet, and I did a little something that helped them make that decision. I set our house on fire. <laughs> yeah, I, I may share with you a little bit more about that story later in the week, but <clears throat> that house was not livable for a long, long time. And so I just helped my parents go ahead and make that decision. Well, let's just go ahead and move back down to the London Corbin area where they grew up and where most of my family was and where the church was, where my grandparents on my mom's side went to church, and it's also the church that my mom grew up in. Now, here's the interesting thing. When we lived up in northern Kentucky, we hardly ever went to church. My parents were what we call creasters. You know what creasters are? Christmas and Easter? Creasters? That's about all they went to church. They may have gone a few times beyond that, but not a whole lot. But when we moved back down to the London Corbin area my mom began to take me and my older sister to church on a regular basis. Now, it was still a long time before my dad started going, but eventually he got involved in church as well, eventually got very involved, became a deacon, eventually an elder, and served as an elder until his, his death in 2013. Without that fire in northern Kentucky, I may not have caught another fire that I found down in the London Corbin area of Kentucky. Because it was in that little church, Locust Grove Christian Church, where I began to hear on a consistent basis about this man named Jesus. We went to Sunday school, we went to church, and here's... I was a rambunctious kid. You probably haven't caught on to that yet, have you? I was a rambunctious kid. And here's what I would do. You know how after church is over, I'm assuming you all do this, most churches do this. When church is over, the minister goes to the back, everybody else crowds the aisles, you walk down the aisle, you shake the minister's hand as you go out. That's what our church did. And so we'd all get in that aisle, and I would get in there, and I would just kind of muscle my way through that crowd, and I would come down, and this is what I would do. I would come down here, and I would come down the aisle, and I'd come down here and I would shake the minister's hand. And then I'd turn around and I would fight through the crowd. And I realized everybody else is coming this way. And I'm going against the grain, fighting, trying to get back in there. And I would get back in line. I'd come back through and I would shake the minister's hand. And then I would come back and I would fight through the crowd, trying to get through. I was knocking over people and everything. It was just very, very chaotic. And one day, one day when I came down that aisle... I think the minister, his name was Jack Bunch, maybe was frustrated with me or something. He took me by the shoulders just like this, and I had no idea what he was going to do to me. I was just a little kid. And he took me by the shoulders, and he brought me over beside him, and he says, why don't you just stand beside me and shake everybody else's hand as they go out? Wow. He could have given me a million dollars. It would not have meant more to me 
than that. And I don't know how long it went. It was for several weeks, maybe months. Every Sunday, when I came down that aisle, I would shake Jack Bunch's hand, and then I would come and stand right beside him and his wife, and I would shake everybody else's hand as they went out of the church. Who knows? Maybe that was one of the sparks that helped ignite my enthusiasm for the ministry. It was in that same church that when I was 14 years old, I finally came to the decision that I was going to give my life to Jesus. Again, this experience had me walking down the aisle, but it was a little different atmosphere. I was walking this way down the aisle at the end of a service to give my great confession. I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, and I accept Him as my Lord and Savior. And I was baptized. I put to death that old person. I was raised the new creation. And man, I was on fire. I had an enthusiasm. But then something happened to me about a year later. I went into junior high school. We call it middle school now, but back in my day, we called it junior high. Junior high was not a good experience for me. <laughs> I continued to go to youth group. I continued to go to church. But I was not living the life. And it wasn't until about my sophomore year of high school that I really began to reevaluate my life. And I kind of I talked to myself and I said, Tommy, you've either got to start taking this Christianity stuff serious or you just got to give it up. You can't continue playing this silly game. Fortunately, I made the decision to start taking it serious. And from there, I began to grow I began to develop. I had a minister, as a different minister at this point, Don Thee, who took a special interest in me. And when he found out that I had a desire for the ministry, he began to work with me, help me prepare sermons, help me do things up in front of the church. And eventually, when I graduated high school, I ended up going to Johnson Bible College, it was called then, Got my degree in, in Bible and in preaching and, and just kind of plunged myself into ministry. And all along the way, there are these little sparks that help to ignite my enthusiasm. You know, in our history, there was a period of time, two periods of time actually, that are referred to as the Great Awakenings. <laughs> and these revival speakers would travel all over the country. And they would preach these sermons. And hundreds and sometimes thousands of people would come to these and they would give their lives to Jesus. Their lives were being changed. And one time somebody was talking about these revival speakers and they described them this way. They will set themselves on fire and people will come just to watch them burn. Now, not a literal fire. They weren't setting themselves on fire. What are they talking about? Talking about their enthusiasm. Talking about that inner fire. That God-inspired fire ignited deep within their soul. And they just could not stop what they were doing. They had to. They had to go preach the gospel. 
Whether they were paid or whether they weren't. Whether they were dangers or whether they were not dangers. Whatever the case may be. Whether crowds came or crowds didn't come. They had to go do this. Nothing was able to stop them. Why? Because they had this God-inspired fire ignited deep within their soul that drove them to never settle, to live with passion, and to turn the world upside down. That is the reason they were so effective with the gospel. Never settle. Live with passion. Live with passion. Again, oftentimes we go through our day-to-day -day lives with such a shortage of passion. Christian author Larry Crabb says that our problem is not so much that we are too passionate about bad things, but it's that we are not passionate enough about good things. And there may be a lot of truth in that. What is it that God's stirring up in you that maybe we have, we've kind of set to the side or we've kind of ignored that or, or life has gotten in the way? And listen, I'm not up here telling you I'm a perfect example of this. I have to deal with these struggles as well. There are oftentimes I just go day to day and, and get into this mundane routine of living life. And then when I recognize them, I, mean, I got to step back and go, what is happening? What is that? I'm the enthusiasm guy. I can't do this. And so I just got to reevaluate. And I got to reconnect with that fire that is in me. You know, what I'm doing right now, I love this. I love what I'm doing. I feel like God has called me to do this very thing. What has God called you to do? Now, it may not be the same thing He's called me to do, or it may be similar to what He's called me to do. But whatever it is, plug into that and live it out with passion. Here's a good way to kind of get a, 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 a glimpse of what your passion may be. What is it that you love to talk about? What is it that when that subject comes up, man, you can't shut up? <laughs> You just got to keep talking about it. You know, in Matthew chapter 12, verse 34, Jesus says, Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. What is that godly passion? Let me clarify, because there could be some bad passions out there. What is that godly passion that you just love talking about? And then how can God use that in your life? It may be a hobby you have. It may be your career. It may be a career that you wanted to have at one time, but then life got in the way and you allowed those dreams to just drift away. Whatever it is, reconnect with that passion and move forward with that. Because when you set yourself on fire, other people will come just to watch you burn. And when they do, you have an opportunity to be a positive influence in their life. Never settle. Live with passion. And turn the world upside down. You realize that's, that's what the early church did. In Acts chapter 17 verse 6, and I love... In, in this verse, the way the old King James words this, it said, those who have turned the world upside down have come here as well. 
When they referenced the apostles in the early church at that time, they referred to them as those who have turned the world upside down. What does that mean? They were changing the world. They were making a difference. They were upsetting the status quo. And you know what? The status quo didn't like it. Matter of fact, when Jesus upset the status quo, they killed him for it. It didn't take, but they did kill him for it. And many of the early Christians were killed for it as well. And you know what? In many places in the world today, Christians are killed for that same thing. Could they back down? Could they avoid those situations? Could they go to other countries that are more lenient or maybe even accepting of Christianity? Of course they could. But that's not the fire that God put in them. And they've connected with that. And even in the face of death, they will not settle. They will live out that passion. And they will turn the world upside down. I'm convinced that Jesus' followers who are world changers are the only fully alive people on the planet. Because they've connected with that enthusiasm and what God is wanting to do with their lives. I want to read this quote from Lyle Shaler, considered the dean of church consultants. He passed away back in 2015. But I love this quote. He says, The most crucial factor in church growth is the attitude of the members. A common characteristic of growing congregations is that the members are enthusiastic about their faith as Christians, about the congregation of which they are members, and about the life programs and ministry of that congregation. Be creative in the ways that you can reach this community with the gospel. But if you're not on fire about it, don't do it. Because it's probably not going to work. But if you've got a fire behind it, even if it's not that good of a technique, it just may work. Because when you set yourself on fire, people will come to watch you burn. So remember Romans 12, 11. Don't hesitate to be enthusiastic. But be on fire in the Spirit as you serve the Lord.